lifted up. Sometimes we have to let go of pride and we got to keep it moving and we got to humble ourselves and do what God has called us to do. Amen. I'm going to tell you, God this year has told us for the coming year that this is a year of open doors. This is a year of open doors. This is a year of decreeing and declaring what God has said. This is a year of seeing what God want us to see. This is a year of abundance. Amen. So we give God glory that this year we can walk in what God already says is ours. So we have to use what God is telling us in this year. And God wants us to speak out of our spirit. And when we speak out of our spirit and we decreeing and declaring what he's saying, it's going to come to pass. It's already going to manifest itself. I'm telling you, we have to take authority over this earth realm because we're from heaven and we're doing a work here on earth. Amen. So the only way we can do it is with the word of God. Because we can't sit there and allow things to happen when God has given us the power. He has given us the might. He has given us the ability to go in and tear down everything that the enemy is doing that's not of God. So when I'm over there in praise and worship and I'm seeing James work with those keys and trying to get it to work. I said, wait a minute. In the name of Jesus. That malfunction that's going on with that keyboard, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You're going to function the way God has created you to function right now in Jesus' name. He said, when we decree and we declare a thing, it shall be established. You don't leave it like that because that's not the way God intend for it to be. We have to take this serious, y'all. We have to do what God has called us to do. God has given us the keys. God said, use the keys. Use what I have given you here on earth. That's the only way heaven is going to be open. The only way you can bring heaven to earth is using the keys that God has put in your hands. He has given you keys to open where no man can shut. He has given you keys to lock doors that no man can open because God's word is final. His word is final authority. So this year we rise up in what we already have and we walk in what we already have. We talk in what we already have and watch the manifestation come quicker than ever before. But we have to do what God has called us to do. Amen. So, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. And we thank you that your word is the final authority in this house. We thank you, God, that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. We thank you that we're the head and not the tail. We thank you that we're above and not beneath. We thank you that we're lenders and not borrowers. God, we thank you that we owe no man nothing but to love him. God, we thank you that we're sanctified. We thank you that we're redeemed. We thank you that we're justified. We thank you that we're reconciled. We thank you that we have been made righteous through Jesus Christ. God, we just thank you on today that we have everything we need to do the work that you have set us out to do. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I come against every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against this service on today in the name of Jesus. 
every attack that's verbal, physical, financially, emotionally, mentally, right now in the name of Jesus, I break your powers over the body of Christ in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you that your word shall go forth in demonstration and in power. I thank you, God, that every word that I speak today shall not fall to the ground in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, through this teaching, someone is encouraged. Someone is saying, what must I do to be saved? God, we thank you and we praise you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you, Father. I am still crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God's got a word for you this morning. And the word that God has this morning, go with me to James chapter 4. We're in the book of James. Go with me to chapter 4, and I'm going to begin in verse 13. James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. And the word reads, I'm still hearing some turning of pages, so we'll wait just a minute. Hallelujah. Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanished away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Let me read that again, beginning at verse 13. Go to now you that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the, on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanish away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. You may be seated. I have two titles and the Lord brought this title back to me. The first title I want to give you is, I was sitting at home and the Lord gave me this, 911. I heard him say, What's your emergency? And I heard God say, the loss. Then he gave me, there's an urgency to win the loss. I want to say it again. 911. What's your emergency? The loss. There's an urgency to win the loss. Amen. God has put it so strongly on my heart that This year that we're in, when God told us to walk in what we already have. See, the problem is the enemy want us to focus on us. He want us to focus on what we're going through. He want us to focus on what we've been through. But God already said that this year is going to be a year of open doors. Just walk through those doors. We should already know in the body of Christ that we have everything we need because Jesus have already supplied it. But we have lost people out there today that don't even know they're lost. We have people in the midst of the congregation that's lost, but don't even know that they are lost. Lost mean that you're not saved. 
Lost means that you do not have eternal salvation. You are lost, and the only way you can be found is through this good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom. People are so caught up in hear me, see me, be attached to me. People are so caught up with wealth. People are so in the church. People are speaking so much over, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy, when we need to go out there and win souls. It's the time now that we have to grow up in the body of Christ and know that we are on a mission for him. He has given us a great commission and we're not following that commission because we're dealing too much with ourselves. If we know who he is and we know what he's already done, we know what he's already said, it's time for us to go out and help those that are lost. The ones that are not saved. God said there is an urgency. When he gave me that verse, when he said life is just a vapor. And that vapor, it soon is going to vanish. You know how you see the vapors in the air? You see them, but then they're gone. He said people are lost and they think that the world has everything that they need. They don't even know if they're going to be here tomorrow. They don't know what the next day is going to bring. So we have to let them know about this good news concerning the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus brought. He bought the good news. We got to bring the good news and let them know you are in this world. But you don't have to be of this world. And you don't have to do what this world is doing. The world cannot save you. It's too many Christians acting like the world. So the world don't want your kingdom. You still subject to what the world is doing. You acting like the world. You talking like the world. My God, we're trying to dress like the world. Come on, you're kingdom citizens. You were bought with the price. It's no longer about us. You turned your life over to him. And when you turn your life over to him, it's his way of doing. It ain't your way no more. People are dying, y'all, young and old. Thinking that they're going to be here. And next thing you know, they are gone. This is why it is so important that no matter where we go, we need to introduce the good news, the kingdom. We need to let them know God loves you outside of what you're doing. We spending too much time talking about what somebody is doing. What have you done lately? What have you said lately? We're watching what people are doing so much that we're looking like we're better than they are. It's an urgency. An urgency means to take immediate action. This is what God is saying. It's time for the body of Christ to rise up, to take immediate action over the loss. Because people don't even know they're lost. They think that they're living a good life. And then God reminded me of this man in the Bible in Luke 12, 16 through 21. This man had um, land and the land was, the ground was very plentiful. And it brought forth abundance. And this man began to say, what am I going to do with all of this that I have? And this is what he said he'd do. He said, well, I'll tear down my barns. And I'll build bigger and better bonds to keep everything that I have stored in those barns. See, it's all about us. We're not thinking about our souls. We're not thinking about anything else. This is why the Bible said your life does not consist of the abundance that you have. So we have, that's covetousness. 
When we're focused on the abundance that we have, we're getting into the idolatry. When we're focusing on having what other people have, that is covetousness. When we're trying to make something work just to look good for the world, I'm talking to Christians, that's covetousness. And he said, your life does not consist of the abundance that you have. So this man said, I'm going to build bigger and better barns. But then the Lord said, die fool. He called him a fool. Let me go there. I want to just read it just like it's in the word. Look at your neighbor and say, God is doing something. Say, grab hold. He said this in Luke. Luke 12, 18. I'm going to start there. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Have y'all noticed we got people, Christians, storing up? Storing up a lot of stuff that they ain't even using. But they're storing it up. What's the purpose of storing it up for you? You can't use all that. Then it goes on to say, and I will say to my soul, this is the part I want to get. He's talking to the soul. So thou has much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Ain't that where we are? When we think we got money in the bank, we can tell our soul, rest a little bit, soul. Even if they lay you off, soul, you got enough to make it for a few years. Even when the economy don't look right, soul, you got enough in the bank to make it for a few years. So take ease. Be at rest. You got enough to live off of for many years. How many when we get a fat bank account, we smiling even when we don't feel good. We walking with our heads up high because we depending on the bank and what the bank has in it. But this is what he was doing. And then God came to him and he said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. So he was telling him, he said, you stored up all of this stuff. And he said, when you die, guess what? Your soul is going to be tormented. It's going to be in hell because you're looking at more treasures than you're looking at the riches of the kingdom. Then you're looking at eternal life. We're storing up here on earth. But what we should be doing is looking at the riches that are in heaven. And when we look at what God done for us, we don't want nobody lost. We're around a lot of lost people and our hearts are not crying out. Have you ever thought about, God, why my heart ain't crying out for the lost? Why is my heart always on what I'm going through? Why is my heart always on how I feel? And we got some people that are not where I am. If I leave this life today, God, I know where my home is. I know where I'm going, but I got a friend. I got cousins. I got family members. I got people around me that I see in the mall and I bypass them instead of saying, God, give me an urgency. Give me an urgency for souls everywhere I go. Allow my heart to be open. So I can reach somebody today. God, if I can just get one today. Just one. See, we're waiting on the evangelist to do it. God has commissioned all of us. 
that no matter where we are, when our heart within us is crying out for that person that's sitting next to us, there is a reason why your heart is crying out. It's time to take our minds off of us. Because the Bible tells me, I like 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, it says, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That means that God said, I'm not leaving nobody out. I'm going to stop right there. God said, I'm not leaving nobody out. So why are we leaving the prostitutes, the drunkards, the the ones that's um, homosexual, the ones that's bisexual? Why are we leaving all these people out? Why are we not giving them the good news so their heart can be turned towards God? He said, I want all men to be saved. It don't matter what they're doing. God said they're lost and I want them to be found. See, we're looking at people the wrong way. We look at people by what they do and how they act. Come on, Christian folks. Look how we act and we're supposed to be the saved ones. We cut up more than the ones that's not saved. So God said we got to quit looking at those. We got to quit looking at what they do or how they do. We got to realize they're lost. And if we don't give them this good news, guess what they're going to do? They're going to have an eternity in hell. That means that when they go, they're going to burn forever. The fire never stops. The maggots nor the worms even die in hell. You know what's going on in hell, but it's nothing you can do. It's proven in the Bible. When there was the rich man, he had all the riches. There was a beggar named Lazarus, and Lazarus came to him, and Lazarus just wanted the crumbs from his table. How many people wanted the crumbs from your table, and you sent them away because of how they look, because they push in a cart? How many of us have sent somebody away without giving them the good news and tell them silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus, you rise up out of your situation. That's not God's plan for your life. So Lazarus was the beggar. He just wanted the crumbs from the rich man's table. The Bible says that Lazarus and this rich man died. But when the rich man lifted up his eyes, he saw that Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham. And he looked over there and he said, Abraham, let Lazarus just come over here and take his finger and just touch my tongue. Just put a little bit of water on my tongue. And Abraham said, no, there's a gulf. Between you and him. He can't come to you and you cannot go to him. See, he found safety in Abraham's bosom. Why? Because he had eternal life. He was in a safe place. He said, how about if you just send him back? Send him back to my brothers. So he can tell my brothers what's going on with me down here. So they don't have to go through. He said, if they didn't believe the prophets. If they didn't believe Moses, they're not going to believe a dead man. What am I saying? When you look up, what are you going to see? We don't want our loved ones to look up and don't see eternity. We want them to, we don't want them to see hell. We want them to look up and see the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So God is saying today, there is an urgency For the lost. Get over you. God has already done everything that he's going to do for us. We just got to walk it out in 2020 knowing that it's already done. We got to get our mind off of us and put our mind on the great commission. It's about the great commission. Because anybody that's sick 
and, and they're not grabbing hold to what God has supplied healing, we want to make sure that they're saved. We want to make sure that when they leave this world, that they know him as their Lord and Savior. We want to make sure that they can do a confession with their mouth because they believe with their heart. We can't wait to somebody get in a coma and you saying words for them. Come on, somebody. We wait to somebody get on the dying bed. Oh, they still can hear you. If you can hear me, just move a finger for muscle jump. Oh, they hear me. They got saved. No, you can't wait it in. Every day we got to live like it's our last. Our bag's supposed to be packed and they're supposed to be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. That means that we want to make sure that we're in our rightful places with him. Then the Bible went to tell me in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Meaning that they thought that God was coming at a specific time. He said, I'm not slack at, at my coming. He said, but this is what I'm doing. He said, as some men count slackness, but it's long suffering to us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God said, I'm not slack con- concerning my coming, my coming back. He said, but I'm long suffering. I'm waiting for people to come unto me. See, God love us so much. He said, I'm prolonging my coming because there's many more. There's many that's lost. There's many that's blind that need to see. So God said, I'm being long suffering. Church, we need to cut it out. We don't come in these walls to get taught not to go out and minister to somebody. Don't make coming in these walls about you that people want to hear me, see me, and be attached to me. You come in here to get the word, to carry out the word to somebody else that don't know him like you do. You come in here to get built up so you can go out under that great commission and say, God, ain't about how I feel. It's not about what's going on in my life. Because if I leave here today, I have a home. But they don't. So when God was giving me this, he said, there's an urgency, y'all. There's an urgency for the loss. Take your mind off of you and your situation. Then he took me back. I said, God, you're so good. He took me back to John the Baptist. Go with me to Mark 1. This is talking about John the Baptist. I'm going to start off with John. I'm going to end with Jesus. Now is the time of salvation. Right now. We can't wait to the next day because tomorrow's not promised to us, y'all. I'm learning every day that this is not my home. Y'all, I want you to understand something. This is not your home. This is not your home. See, when we go up to be with him, when we're raptured up, always say, God, I want to be raptured up. God, I want to finish the work that you have called me to do. So I want to be in that rapture. I want to be taken up to meet him in the clouds. When we're taken up, we're going to be up there for seven years. And the reason why we're going to be up there for seven years, because there's going to be some tribulation going on here on this earth. So God has taken us out of the tribulation. It's going to be a lot of things going on in that tribulation. People are going to be dying like never before because they won't take the mark of the beast. And this is why he left 144. He left them to continue to decree and declare this good news. But then while we're up there, guess what's going to happen? We're going to come back to a new heaven 
and a new earth. You ain't staying up there. I don't know. See all these songs we singing. Can't wait till I get to heaven. You coming back here to a new heaven and a new earth where children can play with the poisonous snakes and don't die. Where they can play with lions. Come on, y'all. A new heaven, a new earth. Quit um, talking about I'm going to heaven. You coming back too, to a new heaven and a new earth. So we want to make sure that while we're down here on earth, that we can live heaven here on earth through the word. So it tells me dealing with John the Baptist. It says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. So John was going to prepare the way before the coming of the Messiah, before the coming of Jesus Christ. One thing I like about God, he don't leave us like that. Y'all know what happened in the Garden of Eden. Y'all know they ate the forbidden fruit, and that's what brought sin into the world. Through one man, sin was brought into the world. And that's why we became sinners through one man. But through one man, which is Jesus Christ, we were made righteous. So when he bought sin, he bought death. God loved us so much that he said, no, 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 no. I don't want my children to die in sin. So God had to come off of his throne because he couldn't find nobody that was perfect, that was spotless, that was sinless. So God said, I'm going to come off my throne and I'm going to come down here on this earth and I'm going to die that death for you because the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ is everybody hearing me if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior the penalty for sin is death the only way you accept death um, escape death in hell is through accepting Jesus through accepting him not you trying to get it right it ain't about your good works People think because they come to church, they got a perfect attendance, they pay their tithes, they go visit the nursing home, they go visit the prisons, they go and don't smoke, don't chew, don't do all of this. Your good works is not going to take you to heaven. People look at people and say, oh, they're so good. No, they're not. They got a corrupt nature. They got a sinful nature. No, their works may look like they're good, but on the inside, they are full of sin. And the only way it can be changed is through Jesus Christ. I get so tired of people saying, oh, they're so good. I know they're going to um, see Jesus. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? I never heard about Jesus. But they done put him in heaven. Because they visit everybody. Because they don't drink. They don't smoke. They don't curse. Y'all, I didn't do that with the best of them. But I knew I was bound for hell. Because I hadn't accepted him as my Lord. So let's, let's just cut all that out. Quit telling people that they're going to heaven because they're good. The only way you're going to go and be in the kingdom of God is you got to have a change of heart. And the only way that heart can be changed is through this good news and the gospel. It ain't no good that you can do. It's not by works. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works that any man could boast. It is what a gift of God. It is what God has given us because God knew that we could not keep his commands. We mess up now. But thank God that it's through grace, by grace, I'm saved. 
through faith, believing in what grace has done for me. I don't have to try to pray longer, speak in tongues longer. The only thing I have to do is remember what grace has done for me. Grace set me free. I couldn't save myself. Grace saved me. It was the mercy of God. It was the long suffering of God. It was no good that I done or will I ever do? So we need to quit telling people, this is what you got to do to be accepted. I was accepted in the beloved even before I was acceptable. I was adopted by him. I was chosen by him. People are lost, y'all. And the church is the one that's supposed to go out and reach the lost. Because when God invited you into the kingdom... And you experiencing all this from the kingdom. Why would you want somebody to live the life that they're living? Oh yeah, the only thing you can do is tell them. But you've done your part. The blood is off of your hands. So we look. John was the one that he was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. He was making the way ready for the coming of the Messiah. See, they talked about this Messiah and how he was going to come and set up his kingdom here on earth, but they had it backwards. But John was preparing them for the coming of the Messiah. And I like how it said the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That means he was shouting it out in the wilderness. It was an urgency. He was taking immediate action. Y'all remember John that came through Zechariah and Elizabeth? When both of them had him at an old age and John was, um, Zacharias was wondering how is this going to happen? I'm old and Elizabeth is old and God shut his mouth until John was born. But he told him what was going to go on in John's life. He told him what John was going to do, how John was going to bring the people, prepare the people for the coming of Jesus Christ. And this is what John did. But he shouted out in the wilderness, y'all. He went in the wilderness and it was nothing there. But he began to decree and declare the word of God, the word of life concerning Jesus Christ. And as he did that, people were baptized. They went underwater. They were emerged. And repentance means you turning, you having a change of mind. You turning from sin and you turning to God. You don't change your way. So this is what John was doing. And one thing that I like about John, he didn't worry about how he looked. He had on what? What did they say John was wearing? It must be a new clothing. He was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his lawns. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. John didn't care how he looked. Only thing he cared about was the loss. He cared about these souls that was around him that was lost. Come on, we got to get all beautified. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Can't leave home without the makeup. But see, if there's an urgency and God say, get up and go, I got to go. I ain't got time to put on mat. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When it's an urgency, when God is telling you, this is what I want you to do. You got to leave you out of it because it's not about you. It's all about what God want to do in you and through you for somebody else besides you. So John didn't worry about his appearance. His focus was on the loss. His focus was on those that would die in their sins and didn't have to because God made a way through Jesus Christ. He was preparing their hearts. He was making them ready for Jesus Christ. Can I ask you, are you preparing people's hearts? Are you going out and decreeing and declaring what's already done? Or are you at home praying for you and your family? 
is more than just you and your family. We're all family in the body of Christ. We don't want nobody lost. We have to get our minds off of what the world is doing. And we got to put our mind back where it needs to be concerning the loss. It reminds me when Jesus was going to go to Zacchaeus' house. Is that his name, Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was short in statue. He was a tax collector. He had it going on. But when he heard about, see, somebody got to hear about him. Somebody got to hear about the good news, about the kingdom. When you're hearing about the good news, you ain't worrying about your money no more. You know that you need him more than you need money. You know that you need him more than you need anything else. So Zacchaeus, he was so short, he knew he didn't want to miss Jesus when he passed by. So what did Zacchaeus do? He got up in a sycamore tree, his little short self. And he got up in that tree and he was waiting on Jesus because he knew you got what I need. And Jesus looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. He said, I want to come to your house because salvation is coming to your house today. Jesus didn't want Zacchaeus lost. But this is what happened when you have a change of heart. For the things of God, your money don't matter to you no more. What you took from somebody, you give it back. Zacchaeus knew he was wrong. He took stuff from people. He said he would give it back to people. He would give them more if that was, come on, something is wrong with the church. When you have a change of heart, you're not trying to take from somebody. You're trying to give somebody what you have. We're supposed to be givers of salvation. When you have salvation, you want to give it to somebody. Do you realize that if it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't be here? We're givers. First of all, of salvation. That means we're giving the total package. We're not giving a half package. We're not saying you get saved today and miss hell. We're saying that we're going to give you that gift. That free gift that's coming from above, the gift of salvation, it's going to heal you. It's going to deliver you. It's going to set you free. It's going to prosper you. You're not only going to miss hell, but you're going to have heaven here on earth in the midst of what's going on. But what are we giving? We're giving law. We're telling people, this is what you got to do to get from God. Only thing I got to do is believe in what he done. That's all you got to do. You got to believe in what he has done. So when John started preaching, when he started proclaiming, I want to go here. We got people in the church, bishops, which is a pastor. When you go into the word of God, people trying to make their titles bigger than what they are. Because when you go be with him, you ain't going to have no title. See, titles is what people recognize you to be here on earth. See, you do respect those that have titles. We are losing respect for people with titles. He said, you honor those that are in authority. That we may lead a what? Peaceful life. You have to honor those. You have to pray for those that are in authority. No matter how wrong they are. You pray for them. You pray what the word is saying. You don't come against those that are in authority. You pray for them. Every day we mess up. Don't tell me you don't. Don't tell me you don't mess up every day. You even mess up in your sleep. Because you're thinking stuff in your sleep you shouldn't be thinking. You mess up. That's why we needed the blood of Jesus. 
The blood forgave us for past, present, and future sins. And you can't even forgive your worst enemy? You don't know about the forgiveness of God. Because if you know about his forgiveness, you don't wait to forgive. You step up to the plate with the love of God and say, if I have offended you, if I have said anything to put you in this place, forgive me. See, a godly sorrow leads to action. See, I can repent and say I'm sorry, but if it ain't leading to action, I ain't sorry. See, I can tell my husband, oh, y'all, I'm sorry. But if my fruit and my actions ain't adding up to what I'm saying, I'm just saying it. See, that's what repentance do. When you truly repent and you have a change of mind, it leads to godly sorrow. Not just being sorry. Mm -hmm. So we need to quit it, y'all. Church folks, we need to quit it. We need to go out and tell them what Jesus done for us. We need to quit being ashamed. Paul said he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God that leads what? To salvation. He's not ashamed. We're ashamed to walk up to somebody. It ain't you that's going to do the speaking. It's the spirit that's in you that's going to speak to them because he know what they need better than you do. They don't need the word of God beat on their head. Maybe they just need to know that you are loved. Yes, you did miss it. But God still loves you even in the midst of you missing it. Yes, you did go through last night. Yes, you couldn't sleep last night. But God said he'd give his beloved sweet sleep. You don't just go and say, are you saved? You better get saved or you go into hell. That ain't what grace does. We all miss the mark. So if it wasn't for Jesus and him shedding his blood, none of us would be here. None of us would make it in. So why are we trying to make some sins bigger than others? Sin is sin. We try to look at homosexuals like it's the worst sin. Sin is sin. A liar is just like being a homosexual. If you lie, it's just like you a homosexual. You break one. None of us could satisfy. That's what we do. Well, you know, you need to quit. Well, you did this. Look at us going back and forth. God ain't about that. God forgave you for what you've done. Now just forgive yourself and have a change of mind through renewing it through the word and don't go back to what you've done. So John, I love what he said. Repent for the kingdom of God. Is at hand. See, he said that in another book of the Bible. I didn't find it over here in Mark. But I did find it when John was saying repent. For the kingdom of God is what? It's at hand. So what John was saying, I want you to have a change of heart. I want you to have a change of mind. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Why was the kingdom of God at hand? Because the kingdom is in us. We're bringing them the kingdom. We're giving them the gospel, the good news that Jesus was bringing concerning the kingdom. But the the news is, in order to get into this kingdom, you have to come through me. You have to believe in what I've done on your behalf to enter this kingdom. It's not us trying to do it ourselves. We believe in what Jesus have already done. So we can go out and tell them, you don't have to try to do it yourself. Come just as you are. See, we try to tell people, well, when you come to church, you got to do this. 
when you come to church, you got to do that. No, just come. Because when they get the word of God in them, the change will come. Because see, when I look at John the Baptist's lifestyle, when he was in that wilderness, one version said that the word came to him in the wilderness. When the word came to John in the wilderness, he began to shout. He began to cry. He began to speak repentance. He began to let them know there is one coming that's mightier than I. He was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Are we preparing the way for his coming? Are we telling people about the good news concerning the kingdom? Jesus, when he come in on the scene, you remember John did not want to baptize him. You know why John didn't want to baptize him? He said, because you sinless. You sinless. You the perfect lamb. Why do I need to baptize somebody that's sinless? Because Jesus was walking as a mere man. He said, this have to take place. This is part of God's plan. Now put me up under that water. John said, I need you to baptize me. Jesus said, no. He said, this is part of God's plan. So when Jesus come up, y'all got to understand this. You cannot go out on this commission any kind of way. You got to have the power of God to be an effectual witness. Jesus knew this. But Jesus' message was the same as John. John said when Jesus come, he said, I'm going to have to decrease so he can increase. What am I saying to you? In order for God to work through you, you got to know it ain't about me. I got to take a seat and allow him to do what he need to do so I can proclaim this good news. You got to get over you. He said in order to carry this cross, you got to deny yourself. And if you're not ready to deny yourself, lose interest in yourself and in your desires, come on, let's take a walk with Jesus. When Jesus come in on the scene and he got the power of God upon him from on high to do the miracles, the gifts of the spirit, he was full of the power of God. The next thing that Jesus did was saying, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. This is an urgency, y'all. Why is that the first thing that Jesus is doing? Telling them to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, have a change of heart. Have a change of mind. So Jesus was coming in with the gospel so their minds could be changed so they can turn away from sin and turn to God. If you do not come in and decree and declare this gospel, decree and declare this good news, how can people's minds be changed? How can they turn from the world and turn from God? God is about light. The devil is about darkness. I was sitting somewhere, y'all, I was so hurt. And I was so disappointed and the Holy Ghost began to speak to me. As I was sitting there, see, this is what people do. People say, I'm saved, right? They say, I know the Lord. When you're saved, a change comes. Just like Zacchaeus, when his heart was open and made ready for Jesus, Zacchaeus was ready to give up what he was doing. Wait a minute, I'm going somewhere. When God comes in your heart, when you open up your heart to him, you ain't going to want to do what you used to do. You may try to do it, but it, it, it's just a pulling on you where you, it's just disgusting to you. You don't want that lifestyle no more. See, the church is mixed up and messed up 
Because if you got preachers behind the pulpit saying, when you come to Jesus, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't get on the floor and shag no. I don't get on the floor and shag no more. I don't go to the places I used to go no more. I don't talk the way I used to talk no more. Because a change have taken place in me. I don't love the way I used to love no more. Things have changed so much in my life that you're going to know the change. Either you're going to walk with me or you're not. Because when you truly change, you're going to lose those friends that say they're your friends. When you're cutting the fool like them, they're saying, well, I want that what you got. Because if I can still do what I'm doing, why do I need to be saved? You get people standing up in churches. Saying, oh, they lived a good life. Oh, they loved everybody. But then telling you about that life that they were still living before they died. That don't make sense to me. So you know what the enemy is doing? He's coming in when somebody is leaving the world and telling people, it's okay for you to party. It's okay for you to drink. It's okay for you to cut the food like you used to. It's okay for you to serve all these other gods. It's okay for you to be a part of all these different things that the world is doing. It's okay for you to be a part of these secret societies. Hello? It's okay to have them represented like you've done a big thing and don't even know what you're a part of. Any secret society that you can't go home and tell them what went on in that secret society and you proclaiming Christ ain't about Christ. Because you're supposed to cry loud and spare not. All these secret societies and helping you not get tickets. Helping you to be big in people's eyes. That's not God. Somebody got to tell you the truth. That's just something you getting in to exalt yourself to say, look at me. They accepted me. You were accepted with God before you was acceptable. You don't need nothing on your finger, on your car to say I'm acceptable. Oh, it's so full in here. We know that they love Jesus and you love them. (laughs) The devil can have a full house. Y'all, we got a problem. There's an urgency today and somebody got to stand up for truth. Quit looking at people and look to him and do what he tell you to do. Go out and say what he will have you to say. And he's going to have you to speak truth in love. So when Jesus came, y'all, Jesus came and he said, I came to seek and save those that are lost. I came to seek and save those that are lost. He knew he had to walk amongst them, but he didn't have to be like them. You're going to walk amongst people that don't know Jesus every day. But the life you live will let them know you ain't about what I'm about. You don't even act like I I act. And that's going to bring them to the light and bring them out of darkness. God said there's an urgency for lost souls. Get your mind off of God. Why ain't got this? God, I need a man. You need Jesus. God, I need a man. I'm getting too old. 
God, I've been lonely for all these years. I do want to have somebody's baby. Lord, I just don't want to be in this house by myself. My friends, they got a man. My brother, he even got a woman. They ain't married, but he got her. And he say, I got to have somebody before I leave this world. You need Jesus. See, we got our mind too much on what the world wants. The world say, if you ain't... If you won't have a husband by this time or you don't have children by this time, you won't have them. You want to follow the plan of God in your life. God said, I know the plan that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans for you to have good and not evil. Plans for you to have a hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you. Regardless of what the world say, I know. So we need to quit basing our life based on what my sister's doing, what my brother's doing. Parents, quit comparing your children. Comparing yourself amongst your, them, yourself is not wise. If this one is doing this, that's their flight. If this one is doing that, that's theirs. If their cousin is doing this, that's theirs. Do not put me in the midst of them. We need to cut it out. This is why people don't want to come to church. We got too many people telling them what they have to do to be accepted in our little sorority. Church is not a sorority. It's not a sorority. It's not built upon our way of doing things. It is built upon God's way of doing things. And no matter what you do or how you do it, God is going to accept you outside of you. We talk about people when they mess up. Do, Do we take the time to shut up and say, Lord, look how many times I done messed up today. Lord, look how many times I felt like I need to do this. And we always trying to tell people what ain't right for them. What ain't right for you? You only need to speak what God would have you to speak, not how your flesh is feeling. So Jesus, he was decreeing and declaring the kingdom. Not only was he speaking about the kingdom, the kingdom was manifested in his midst. The woman who committed adultery, he didn't condemn her. He said, he who have not seen, let him cast the first stone. So when we go out, we're not going out condemning y'all. We're going out and bringing them the love of God. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. See, that's what we want to bring them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoso, who, whosoever. It ain't no particular people. He ringing on the just as well as the unjust. For whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. A life that never ends. That's what we're supposed to go out and tell them. He demonstrated his love for you while you were still in your sin. Christ died for you. While you was yet a sinner, he laid down his life for you. If God freely gave you all that, what makes you think he won't freely give you all things? If he gave his son. He said he'll freely give you all things. Y'all, we are in the safety net. The ones that have accepted Jesus, we got everything we need. We just need to walk in it. But we got lost out here that don't even know that they're lost. Somebody has to let them know you're in a dying world. You are dead actually walking around as a dead man and don't even know it. Because y'all, just like the Bible say, our life is like a vapor that vanish. 
We don't know our, our time here on this earth. None of us do. The only one know it is God. And some people times they're taking out themselves early when it's not time. But they're doing stuff outside of the will and plan of God. So they're leaving early. But then there are some that when it is their time, they're leaving. There's nothing we can do about that because God already know your life. He know your end from your beginning, the beginning from the end. He knows everything about you. And this is where we got to get settled at. Lord, whenever it's my time, it's my time. But Lord, I want to be ready for that time. And Lord, I want to finish the work that you have given me here on earth. Before Jesus left this world, he said, I finished the work that you have given me. He said, I have glorified you, God, in heaven. See, Jesus finished what God set him out to do. Y'all, my heart is crying out for the lost. We got lost people in church that's having church. We got people singing on choirs that's lost. We got people serving in church that's lost, and it don't supposed to be that way. We don't supposed to be unequally yoked in church. You don't supposed to have unsaved up in here. You're supposed to bring the saved here to get trained. You go out there, you get them saved, you bring them in a place to get trained. If they come up in here, we're supposed to offer them the plan of salvation. We don't supposed to put them on the road to have more people. Y'all didn't know that? Read your word. We gather lost souls in church to be the quota. To get the money. It's about the souls. So it's time, y'all. It is an urgency. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. It is an urgency. I have given you a commission. I want you to go out and disciple. When Jesus, when he was saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Guess what Jesus began to do? He began to go get his followers after he made that declaration. He come to some of those followers. Do you know what they had to do? They left their jobs. They left their families. And they followed Jesus. Because they said it's no longer about me. When you can leave family. When you can leave your job knowing that God has called you off of that job. You are taking up your cross. Because when you take up a cross and follow Jesus and you deny yourself. You're going to have some persecution. You're going to have people coming at you. So God said, it's an urgency. It's an urgency for lost souls. What you have gotten taught, God said, go out. Go out and decree and declare this good news to God. Y'all, I am so disturbed with Facebook. We got so many Christians on Facebook and it ain't about Jesus. It's all about you. Snapping pictures, got a new look, new face. Then you'll say a little bit about Jesus, but you go back to your new look. What was your New Year's look? We got lost souls out there and people stay on Facebook more than they go out and witness. But want to come into church and say, when I'm going to teach, when I'm going to preach. You got this whole world to preach and teach. But you want to come into church and take over what I'm doing. Instead of doing what you're taught to do, use Facebook, it's free. If all of us get on Facebook and decree and declare this gospel, he will be shut down. He will have 
to charge you to use it. Because when you begin to talk about Jesus, the tables turn. People use Facebook for an outlet. Let's use it for an outlet for Jesus. Let's go up there and talk about what we're getting taught. Let's go up there and talk about we have lost that need to be found. We're here to seek and save those that are lost. You may think that you're saved, but let me tell you what represents salvation. You got to bear some fruit. That's what John told them little Pharisees. Them Pharisees was coming to to John looking at him baptizing people. And he said, you got to bring forth fruit for repentance. You can't say you Abraham's seed and think that you're going to get into this kingdom. You got to come by the way of baptism. You got to come by the way of repentance. You got to come by the way of Jesus Christ. And if you can't accept his way, there's another way. So God is saying today, y'all, there is an urgency for souls. And it's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to go forth in this commission that God has given us. It's time for the church to deny ourselves. We are so worried about us, right? But when you have the kingdom, you have all the riches you need. You have everything that you need even before you ask. Because God gave me a promise, y'all. I'm going to tell you the promise that God gave me. And, and in that promise, when he gave it to me, my dad had backed this up. Mark 10, verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house. Now that's a man and a woman. Or brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, a wife or children, lands for my sake in the gospel. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children's lands, with persecution, and in the world to come, eternal life. When you leave all of that for Jesus, you're not going to miss nothing. God's going to give you everything that you need. Even when it looks like your funds are low, you just give God glory because you see the only thing you're doing is decreeing and declaring. God, you said you shall supply all my needs. According to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I'm telling the ones out there today that are lost. That Jesus have made a way for you. That Jesus paid the price. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for you. So you could live. And it's time for us to quit trying to do stuff to save ourselves. God has already done it through Jesus Christ. And the only thing we need to do is accept what he has done. Accept his righteousness. Because that's the only way that we're right. Because he who knew no sin became sin for us. So we could become the righteousness of God through him. We're justified because of him. We're sanctified and set apart because of him. We're reconciled because of him. It is no good that we will ever do. It is based on what he has done. We are one with him. God see him. He don't see us. If you messed up today, the reason why you repent is dealing with the soulish realm. It's not dealing with your spirit. Your spirit has been what? Sealed. Until the day of redemption. But that soul, when you confess,
past. Lord, forgive me for what I have done. God didn't let you know, baby, you already forgiven. But you making a confession so the enemy won't hold that against you to bring condemnation. But you're turning from it. He told the woman that committed adultery, go. You cannot tell me you love God and you still doing what the sinners are doing. There should be a change. There should be some fruit in your life. You ain't going to want to do it no more. You praying and saying, help me, Holy Spirit. He's giving you the Holy Spirit to bring you comfort. He's giving you the Holy Spirit to help you with your weaknesses. The Holy Spirit is there. God is so good, y'all. We have no excuse. So let's quit making excuse. Yes, you messed up last night. Yes, you were with somebody you shouldn't have been with. Now it's time for you to rise up and admit it and quit it. Turn from it and let them know what I done was wrong. And I'm not going to do that no more. How do you take control of that? Put them out of your life. Because you're weak. I love God more and I love the bedroom. Because he died for fornication. He died for, for adultery. So why would I want to step into something that he paid the price for? When you know what he done, you don't want to do it no more. Whatever he saved you from, you don't want to go back into it no more because you know the love of God. You are known, y'all, by your fruit. It's no Christian in here. It's no saved person in here that should be holding grudges and knowing Jesus Christ. It's no saved person in here that should be holding unforgiveness in your heart. I don't care what a person done to you. You should forgive. It's no person here in here that know Jesus that should be trying to store up stuff here on this earth. It's no person in here that know Jesus should be stuck in covetousness. You should be crying out and saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Because every time I see what somebody have, I'm drawing myself to what they got. I can't rest until I get it. Even when it comes to our children, if one child is successful here, now you want your child to be successful so you can talk about how successful they are. We don't do that, y'all. We don't. So it's time now. It's an urgency for souls. And if you don't know how to go out, I advise you to come into Clem and be taught from the beginning to the end so you can go make disciples. It's about making disciples. It's about the loss. And guess what? He gave you the equipment to do it. He gave you the gifts of the spirit. He gave you the fruit of the spirit. He said, you can't go out without these things. I'm giving you these gifts to let them know that I'm God. Because when you minister with the word of wisdom, when you minister with the word of knowledge, you telling them something that they didn't tell nobody. And it's opening up the door to bring in the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, use when the gifts are stirred up in you, it's going to bring people to Christ. That's why you have. Mean that what Jesus done? Jesus healed, he delivered, he cast out demons. People begin to follow him because he had what they needed because the world couldn't do it for them. The world will give you something to calm you down, but the root is left there. But when Jesus step in, he pull it all up. And he give you a freedom like you never had before. When you crying out to him and you saying, God, I don't want to be addicted to this no more. Y'all, people say, look at that drug addict. Well, you better look at you, Christians. Because if you're taking any substance to fall asleep, to keep yourself up, 
or to keep you energized and you got to have it. Your Pepsis, your Cokes, your Sun Drops, your crack medicine, that's crack. And if you taking all of that to keep yourself going, then you addicted too. So don't talk about the ones out here on drugs you addicted to. If you got to have all of this stuff to make it through the day, that's your addiction. I'm helping you out so you can realize what you addicted with. We get on people because, oh, you smoking weed. What are you on? You telling them to get off weed, but what are you taking just to close your eyes at night? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Thank you. I'm talking about Christians. Talking about Christians. We telling people what to get off of. What are you on? See, that's how the world look at us. We double-minded. We unstable. We telling people something and we doing something else. Trust is trust. That's why you got to know how to go in with it. People who get off sodas, they shake so bad, just like a drug addict. Can't be still until they get that, that crack. But they talking about the drug addict. Talking about them begging. You begging for sun drop. You begging for coke. What make us any different from them? See, y'all, we have to know what the word is saying. God is about love. God reign on the just as well as the unjust. So whatever they're doing, come on, we already done it. So what we need to do is be forgiven just as he was forgiven. Because when Jesus was on the cross, this is what Jesus said. When they talked about him, they ridiculed him, did all of this stuff against him. You know what Jesus said? Forgive them for they know not what they do. How many times have we said that when somebody has hurt us real bad? Can we say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do? I heard that. Somebody said, now, you telling me they've been saved all these years and they still don't know what they're doing? That's because their heart is hard. And because they have done it so long, they think it's okay to keep doing what they're doing. But that's why we step in with the love of God. We step in with the gifts of spirit, the spirit operating in our lives and say, you know, what you're doing, God already forgave you for it. Over 2,000 years ago, the only thing you have to do is let go and let God right now. Because God said, I have already taken care of that addiction. I have already taken care of everything that you're going through, even in the wee hours of the morning that you don't share with nobody. God said, I have already taken care of that because I love you so much. Get over you because I don't condemn you. And that's when the person began to cry and holler out to God and say, God, thank you that you have heard, heard me. And now they're asking you, what must I do to be saved? It's an urgency. Come out of these four walls. Go in the highways and byways. John was in the wilderness. He walked. He didn't stay in one place. He walked through the wilderness. He began to talk about the kingdom. And people were coming to him in the wilderness. Go out in the highways and byways. And I'm going to give you your license today to do it. I'm going to give you some license today because some of you need some license. I'm going to give it to you. Let me just go ahead and give it to you. And whatever minister is looking at me from the TV, I'm giving them license today. 
the Bible say, y'all in y'all, ordin- or what you call it, ordination service. Amen. And I don't need no one to say, I agree. Amen, because I'm agreeing with the word. This is your license. And when they saw him, okay, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus getting ready to turn it over. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You know what he's saying? Make me some disciples. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. There go your commission, there go your license, signed, sealed, and delivered. It is written, it's not going to change. That's all you need. That's all you need. And those that are out there today that do not have the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost have not come upon you. And I say with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the tongues is just evidence that say that you have the power of God. But if you don't speak in tongues, there could be a gift on the inside of you after you get the power of the Holy Ghost that come in operation and people know that you, the power has come upon you. So you got the great commission. But I want to make sure that you have power from on high. So if you, are, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you do not have the power, the baptism of the Holy Ghost today, now is your time to come up. Amen? Now is your time because you need it to be an effectual witness. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have the nine fruit. But now to do the work, that he's sending you out to do. You need the power of God from on high. Amen. Is there someone in here. That do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. Come up today. Now is your time. Come on. We want to get you ready. We want to get you ready. Come on up. We want to make sure that you're ready. And we see these young folks. God used the young as well as the old. And these young people can reach a lot of other people. That's why we have to raise them up in the word. Amen. Okay, Clem School. Come on, let's minister to them. Let's make sure that they have everything that they need. Come up, Clem School of Ministry. I have two up here. Hallelujah. Denise and um, Kim, y'all already up there. This is what we're supposed to do. As they get taught, they teach others. My job is to equip you with everything you need for this kingdom. Your job is to go out and equip others. Is that not right? So that's why Jesus, when he left, he made sure they had everything that they needed to go out and make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Is there any in here that's not sure of your salvation? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Come on, you want to have a surety of what Jesus has done in your life. Hallelujah. Is there someone in here that have a fear on them of going out and ministering? 
the good news. Let's break that off of you today. Father, I thank you for those that are out there in the congregation. I thank you for those, God, that have a fear of going out and ministering the goodness of the kingdom. God, we break this fear of timidity off of their lives right now in Jesus' name. We command it to go in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that you're raising up disciples in this year like never before. I thank you that they're going out, God, from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. And God, they're decreeing and declaring, God, the good news concerning your kingdom. And as they go out, Father God, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out demons, God. They shall speak, Father God, with tongues, Father God. And I thank you that you said if they pick up any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them or harm them. So God, I thank you right now for this great commission that's going forth in this year like never before. I thank you that people are being saved, God. You said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. God, I speak that you send your labors amongst the harvest. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel right now in Jesus' name. God, thank you for souls being saved right now. You said those that win souls are wise, God. So, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we're praying for all those, God, that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. God, I pray, God, that you put people in the White House, God, that you put people in the government, Father God, that can minister the word of God like never before, God, and people are coming forth, God, in the White House, they're coming forth in the government, God, they're coming forth, God, saying, what must I do to be saved? God, I thank you for those, God, that are even in these high-up positions, Father God, that the enemy has sent, God, that they shall be taken out of these positions and be re- place God with the ones that heart is on fire for you God in the name of Jesus God every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out God that's coming against God those that you have commissioned those that you have appointed God I break those powers right now in the name of Jesus because God has already written God what you will have for it to be God so we just thank you and we praise you that is done right now in Jesus name Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, God. Y'all, I'm looking for change in the body of Christ this year. I'm looking for those that are sold out to Jesus. Those that are only standing for what he stands for. Those that are only doing what he would want done here on earth. Come on, I'm looking for disciples. I'm looking for followers of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for those that are speaking, decreeing, and declaring only what he's saying to decree and declare. I'm speaking um, over those that, because they're believing signs and wonders, are following those which believe. I'm telling you, y'all, people are going to burst out of the same because they're looking for the true churches of God. That they can go into and get taught and see what God has already said. This is what's happening. God is going to pack some houses. 
within this year because people's hearts are yearning. They're saying, God, I don't want to live this way no more. So it's up to us, y'all, to go out and deliver this message. Come on. I don't care what kind of title you got. Wherever God send you, you go. Some people say that's not for me. That's what you say for you. But ask God to give you a burning and a desire from within. And God will give you that zeal. He'll have that fire burning. Come on, you own your job. So just because you're not an evangelist, you don't witness to people on your job. The devil is a lie. We're going to leave that to the evangelist. No, God is giving you a commission. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about us. It's all about him. It's all about the lost souls. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Athea, can you come up with the announcements? Do we have any visitors today? Hallelujah. Do we have anyone that has something on their heart that God has put on your heart that you need to say?
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Glory. Sunday school is every Sunday at 9.